handoff, push up the middle, cuts out to the left side of the 30, and it's 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, the Trojans have scored first, Reggie Bush, 37 yards, and USC leads 6 to nothing. Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. This week, our podcast is sponsored by sctickets.com. Need tickets to see the Trojans? Then check out sctickets.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, joined again like we are every week by the godfather of Pasadena, the coach, Harvey Hyde. How are you doing today, coach? Ryan, I'm doing great, buddy. I'll tell you, spring practice has been uh, great, not only at USC, but everywhere I've been able to get around and watch a lot of the practices. Football's not that far away, and I'll tell you, it's got to be pretty uh, exciting as far as you were out of practice yesterday. SC and making the announcement on Wednesday morning or right before practice. They've got a starting quarterback. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into all of that. Uh, this is uh, we're starting episode ten of the podcast. It's pretty unbelievable. This is our tenth episode, and we have a really good show for you today. Of course, the coach will be in the first segment. We're going to be talking everything Trojan Spring football, and in the uh, second segment, we're going to talk to uh, Dan Weber, who's a beat writer for the uh, Press Enterprise, and we'll uh, it'll be interesting to talk to him, um, see what he thinks about uh, the, you know the, the quarterback situation. Uh, first, I wanted to get a little business out of the way. I wanted to thank our sponsor, sctickets.com. If you need any tickets for concerts or sports or theater, you can always go to sctickets.com or call them at 800-888-7287. I know you use them, Coach. I do use them. In fact, I'll be using them, uh, as I mentioned last week, this Saturday night down at the uh, Honda Center for Elton John. Elton John's got to be a big show, yeah. Huge show, and I tell you, Southern California Ticket Service gets it done. They, they, they're starting. They're my starting quarterback. Starting QB. Who I'm starting this week? Okay. <laughs> Forget Mark Sanchez. You're going with SCTickets.com. Okay. Uh, well, first, before we get into the whole uh, the the quarterback um, race here, that's kind of ended as of Tuesday. I want to talk to you about what you thought about practice on Saturday. They had their second scrimmage of the year it was a full pad scrimmage i actually was not down there that's the only practice i have not been to i was at a uh playing in this volleyball tournament but i wanted to, I, you were there so it's great you were our uh, eyes and ears i just wanted to get your thoughts on that uh practice and what you thought of it you know uh it was uh, a big day on campus at usc they had the swim with mike uh event uh, earlier in the day and then at 11 o'clock uh, in the morning they started spring practice and they uh, went out and i forget how many plays they scrimmage 81 or so plays out there and and i enjoyed it i i stood on the sideline moving up and down the sideline until i just sort of started talking to this young lady for a long time we were standing there talking and she says you know a lot about sc football don't you and i said no i just know enough i enjoyed i do the pregame show and i use trojan bunch on sunday and so on i said well how are you affiliated with the USC football program. She looked at me and she says, my son is Mark Sanchez. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, wow, congratulations. It was every minute she's jumping up and down and saying, great, go, throw. What did you, what did you do wrong on that one? Or what do you think? And uh, so we had a wonderful conversation. She is a wonderful uh, mother and very close to all of the players and says high things about all the quarterback competition, the whole thing. It was just a rewarding day for me to be able to sort of stand there and meet her and and uh, watch the scrimmage and, and watch uh, everything going on. But uh, as far as the scrimmage was concerned, uh, it was like a – to me, it was a normal scrimmage at this time of the year in spring practice where, where you really get tired of, of going out there Saturday morning or, or, or Sunday morning and, and, and doing the same thing. I, I didn't see the intensity that uh, I expected to see, uh, and, and this is normal, so I'm not saying the intensity's not there. It was more or less, it was hot, if you remember, Saturday, very hot Saturday. It was definitely hot, and one of the hottest days. I mean, set record hot. temperatures all over the and, Southland. Yeah. And, I, 
Yeah, and, and no one likes spring practice, believe me. <laughs> and you're out there early in the morning, and Friday night you probably went out with your girlfriend or had a good time. <laughs> so uh, it was one of those days uh, that the, the kids uh, tried to hit, tried to motivate, them, motivate themselves, went through the practice, got it done, uh, but uh, I didn't see it with a lot of intensity. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see any great clashes or hits or – uh, or things like that. I think the offensive line uh, is a little bit uh, soft as far as right now. I didn't think they ran the ball with consistency. What I mean is you uh, line up and run the ball three or four downs in a row uh, and see just what you can get out of it. I think the line uh, really does show its youth and uh, inexperience. Uh, uh, but uh, I think that should come along. Uh, at least everyone hopes that comes along. I was really impressed by... Uh, the receivers, I think, have improved. I think Williams is a tremendous receiver, number 18. I think he's going to be a big play guy. Uh, I really liked uh, Robinson, too. Uh, uh, I, I really think that uh, he he really – Johnson, excuse me. I mean, Johnson. I Ronald think Johnson, really yeah. Some, yeah, Ronald Johnson. I think he's going to add to it. I think Patrick Turner had a pretty good day. But, again, they're all the, the short out routes or, or, or so on routes. But I really like uh, Williams. I think he's a big-time player. I thought that the quarterbacks, all three played about the same. I, I really did. I, I didn't think one really outdid the other, it's, except for the experience, let's say, of Mark Sanchez. They had good moments, and they had bad moments. I mean, as far as an interception or a completion, I thought that uh, Mitch uh, was staying through a couple of nice passes to Williams. Uh but, you know, I don't see them using the tight end yet in the offense as far as the passing game. I thought uh, the running backs, they're still alternating them. They certainly have not got into a pattern of who is going to be the four or five backs that, that rotate. You got a and friend over there, Coach? My, pardon me? <laughs> you got a friend over there? <laughs> yeah, that's my dog. I want, everybody's dog. I want everybody to know that's my dog, Cece. My dog, Cece, right now is upset. Because she wants a cookie or she wants to take a walk. Oh, I thought she wanted Mitch Mustaine to start. She's, she yeah, she, to... she might. Oh, okay. She might, but she's a little upset because <laughs> I'm giving you a little bit more attention than I'm giving her, ah, okay? No problem, no so, problem. For but, all of you dog, dog lovers out there, I love my dog too. <laughs> that's right. Well, you bring up some but, good points, Coach, because, I mean, Damian Williams, definitely a lot of people saw him as being one of the go-to guys coming into the spring. And he's been hobbled a little bit, but still, you know, with that ankle injury, he's been icing it up after practice, but still been able to go. I guess one of the concerns, and you kind of addressed this a little bit, none of the quarterbacks really stood out in that scrimmage. If you look at the numbers, they're all they're all rather pedestrian. And and three of the top four guys in the secondary were out. So I was expecting with, you know, most of the, the big name defensive backs not playing uh, like Taylor Mays and Kevin Ellison. Um, I thought they would get some better passing numbers, but it didn't look like it from the stat sheet that they that any of them really threw the ball all that effectively. No, they didn't. They had uh, they had brilliant passes and then they had some that, oh, no, why they float that or why they throw that or why they try to throw that in there and or why did I float that pass, or whatever the, the reason is. So uh, there, was, there wasn't that consistency. And, and you see, they weren't running the ball as well as they should be running the ball and can run the ball, or better be able to run the ball, I didn't think. Now, this is what I think against the defense, to be able to get the open receivers. Uh, they ran the ball, but, but they didn't run it, you know, uh, with consistency as far as the defense fearing the run. I, I felt that. And they, they're not into what you call a rotation of their backs. I'll tell you, McKnight wasn't out there. Uh, Bradford looked good on one play. Then Mark Tyler uh, looked good on one play. And then uh, Gabriel looked good on one play or two plays. So, you, you know, you don't get a field yet, Broderick Green. He, he certainly is a big, good-looking running back. He's he a got load, one yeah. or two carries. But, but, I mean, you can't really – there isn't a and they're rotating receivers all the time and, and all of this is going on, so it's 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 difficult to really get a rhythm and I think probably I'm gonna I, I think probably that why that is why USC decided to name a quarterback because they want to now start to put together what they m- might think will be a starting group in the fall at least I'm assuming this I can't I can't I can't 
say this is why they did it, but I, obviously they feel that he is the leader. Obviously they feel now in the last week of practice they want to see some consistency. They want some tape on these guys practicing together. And I think that maybe you might see a different rotation in the backfield too, except for McKnight, who can't be out till the fall. So uh, I think that's probably why they made this early announcement. I, that surprised me when they announced that. Yeah, that that you, you know, I talked to uh, Coach Sarkeesian after practice on Tuesday, yesterday. I also talked to you know Coach Carroll at the end of practice. Mitch Mustaine, talked to him and Mark Sanchez. I mean, the media was around all of those guys. I mean, the, the main reason I think Pete Carroll was saying that they wanted to get, you know, let him be the leader for the last few practices of spring and let him be the guy, the number one guy. It was important for them to do that, I think, at least at the end of spring, but they wanted to see some spring football with him you know, at the helm and everyone looking up to him. But it was really important to them, and, and both Sarkeesian and Carroll mentioned this, having a leader over the summer. And if you go down to any of those summer workouts, it's really their players-only workouts. There's Only the players are doing it. The coaches can't organize it. They can't be out there with footballs working with the players. So the players have to do it. And having a number one leader like Mark Sanchez, I think will help them through the entire offseason. And everyone said that they know that the competition will be open again in the fall. And, and the, I guess the main point was if there was a game tomorrow – like the, you know, there'll be a game on Saturday, the uh, the spring game. If there was a game tomorrow, Mark Sanchez would be the quarterback. Does it mean he's going to start at Virginia? No. I mean, it's likely he's going to, but the, the competition will be open. And that was kind of the main reason. I think they wanted to have that kind of leader, not just for the rest of spring football, but really on the offseason and let him kind of rally the troops, get them together, prepare all of the summer, all those dog days of summer when out there throwing passes and getting everybody ready. Then when fall camp starts, you know, they have someone to look up to. And if Mitch or Aaron Corp beat them out, then then they'll be the starter for Virginia. No, and I agree with what you're saying there, Ryan. And, and uh, you know, I really believe that even if, like I, like I said earlier in our segments when we've been talking the past 10 weeks or nine weeks, as you said, to beat out Mark Sanchez, you, you clearly have to be the better player. I mean, if it's equal, it's going to Mark Sanchez because he's been around, he's played, he knows the system, and so on. And I think right now that's what the situation is. He knows the players. The players have confidence in him. And I think that's what's important. And uh, the summer offseason, remember, I always say this as a coach, you get better during the offseason than you do during the season. Why? Because it's a longer period of time for you to improve yourself. So if you continue to work out and try to get better during the offseason, Obviously, during the season, you're going to be better. But during the season, put game plans together and compete against opponents where you're trying to get better. But all the off-season work is being done for the season. So it's harder to really get that much better during the season yourself. So uh, I, I think it was a smart move. Uh, I was surprised by the move, but I mean, naming him so early. But I think everyone's... Uh, uh, into it, and I think they're all excited about it, and uh, and and I really believe that uh, that uh, Mitch Miss Mustaine understands it too. I, I really do. Uh, I think he's a great player. I think they they're very fortunate to have this type of competition at quarterback, as they are at all their positions. I really feel, but uh, I, I think that he should be the starter. He deserves it. Uh, uh, Mitch Mustaine, I think, is a great player, and I think that he's there. In, to get better too, and I think the competition at quarterback will make Sanchez a better player because I believe Sanchez is a starter no matter what happens. You're going to compete in the fall, but Mark is a quarterback for the fall and for the season. He would have to mess it up or get injured to now lose that position. I really believe that. Yeah, that I, means I, I agree with you, Coach, and, and you were right about Mitch Mustaine. He was very gracious talking to the media yesterday. I mean, he... He felt that he's improved, and, and Coach Sarkeesian said he's improved. They couldn't even believe how much of the offense he's really you know, established it as part of his repertoire in the first couple of weeks of spring. They, I think he's come a lot right. further and made the decision even harder than they anticipated it would be. And it, it was funny, the team reaction, no, there wasn't really an official announcement uh, before, you know, to the team. It just kind of like spread word of mouth, and people started hearing about it. But it really affected practice. You were talking about there wasn't all that kind of intensity on Saturday at the scrimmage. Well, it was the most intense practice I've seen this spring on Tuesday. It was only half pads, 
but people were hitting finishing plays. Usually they kind of blow the whistle, but they were completing plays. And, and I think the defense was trying to get the hit in as quickly as possible so they wouldn't just get a partial hit and then have the whistle blow. They were decleating guys and making sure they knew, uh, you know, just knocking guys off their feet. There was a lot of action. And I, I don't know if it was because they were excited that a new quarterback was announced or if one side wanted to, you know, push the other or they, they, they realized that all these positions are up for grabs. Whatever happened, it all came together in one really intense, really competitive and chippy at times where people were kind of pushing and shoving after plays practice. And uh, Craig James was down there from uh, ABC TV. You can see him on some of the, the uh, he's one of the analysts for ABC and ESPN talking, you know, talking to him after practice. He couldn't believe how exciting it was. And, and this was like a, a spring practice with half pads. He's never seen anything that quite intense in that sort of environment. And I don't know if they, Saw some of the, they had some national guys there. Uh, Stuart Mandel from SI.com was there as well. I don't know if they, I mean, but the guys like there are that all the time. They don't try to impress them, but whatever happened, everything just kind of came together yesterday at practice and it was extremely, extremely intense. No, and that's what happens too. Uh, and remember, it's the final week of practice and everybody's counting down the number of days left in practice. And uh, that's exciting too. And I'm sure Pete Carroll gave me a little bit of a talk in the locker room or during meetings and so on saying, this is our final week. Let's wrap it up good. We've got so many days, so many hours, so many minutes until our first opener. You know, in some locker rooms, I don't know if SC has them, in some locker rooms they have clocks running saying there's, you know, 3,000 so many hours left before we open our season and so on. Well, you know, you talk about that type of stuff so that kids get ready to give you that effort the final week and and the depth charts are normally formed at the end of spring practice and kids know now it's it's the final week, and, and there won't be another Tuesday. There won't be another Thursday, there, and uh, Saturday's the final scrimmage. So, yeah, and then the announcement of Sanchez certainly does lift the spirits because it's different out there. And as far as kids practicing because someone is at practice, I don't think that's ever made a difference. Or we would have, as coaches, made sure we had somebody at practice every time. <laughs> I mean, I would have introduced someone as this is the owner of NBC or, you know what I mean? <laughs> they wouldn't know, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't have known who's at the practice, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd have made sure you don't know who's at practice, but you guys better practice well today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they always have, uh, you know, national media there, people of interest, uh, like John Robinson was there before, and yeah. he was there. And, you know, yeah. So I don't think that's something that really motivates them, but whatever reason, man, it just came together yesterday, and everyone was intense. Uh, Vidal Hazelton was kind of a, a victim a couple times. Like I, I think sometimes when, when offensive players talk trash back to the defense, the defense kind of gets together in general, like we're going to get on this guy today. And Vidal Hazelton was one of the victims. Um, Jordan Campbell, who was a, he was a fullback and he moved over to um, linebacker. He yeah. had, uh, and during one of the blocking drills really got into it with Stefan Johnson and they, they got chippy. They were kind of pushing and shoving at the end. The coaches made them do the next the drill, the next drill, right? You know, the next rep together, and they got chippy again after that. And uh, Campbell ended up, you know, decleating him later on in practice, just really blowing him up. And he was screaming to uh, the the um, running backs coach Todd McNair, "See, I'm not a fullback. I'm not a fullback." So there was a, it was just really intense. It was good to see out there. I think, you know, spring can go on kind of a long time, and now that it is winding down, this was the last quote-unquote competition Tuesday practice, and, and the players really made the most of it. It does, and my dog certainly does have a lot to say. It's <laughs> like she's answering the questions, you know, and I apologize to all of our listeners for my little Trojan here in the house. I'm going to have to put him but, on the payroll. I don't know. It seems like but, a good you know, analyst. She watches as much football as I do, you know, but she lays next to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, there, but, but the, the point of it is I think it's been a great spring. There's still a lot of question marks. I think there's still the key of spring practice that I still, my question marks are not quarterback, is still the offensive line and the defensive line. I, I'm very, I think very positively on the secondary and the linebackers. I think that the combination of the running backs, you can't make it a recreation program. You've got to decide who your top four guys are. And you got to give them a feel of a rotation in the game. The receivers, I think there's some talented receivers out there. You just now have to get them in the game and not rotate them, but get them in a position where they can play and, and Mark can learn who they are and, 
and they can look at each other and read each other's minds and hand signals they get together and so on. Uh, the special teams part, it's very difficult for me to evaluate right now because they don't go live on it, so I really don't know. But I think it's something that's got to be really solid, especially in the opening games, because you, you, you don't want to play catch-up football ever. You don't want to give away a big play and momentum change, especially against Virginia on the road down there, which will be their bowl game of the year. Uh, Virginia, this is their bowl game. And then uh, also against Ohio State with that type of game, that will be their their Rose Bowl game since they haven't caught the Rose Bowl the last two years, but they played in the national championship game. So, you know, all of those little things have to be really ironed out and polished now, and, and then we'll see what type of team uh, that's going to be out there. I'm very interested to see just how mature this young team can get in a hurry, but it's going to need to. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting last couple of days of spring football, and, of course, fall camp will be great. All right, Coach, well, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's all the time we have for this segment, but thank you for joining us again. And, again, I want to thank Southern California Ticket Service, too. I know you're going to, but I want to thank them, too. Yeah, definitely, sctickets.com. Thanks for sponsoring this segment with Coach Harvey Hyde. You can reach them at sctickets.com or 800-888-7287. If you want to go see Elton John, you can uh, go with Coach Harvey Hyde and give them a call. Uh, coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk to USC beat writer Dan Weber. He's uh, been all over the quarterback situation. We'll talk to him about what he thinks of naming Mark Sanchez the starter. You are listening to the Peristyle Podcast from Los Angeles, California. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. It's time to get back to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. All right, welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast, our second segment. We're joined by a very special guest. We have a USC beat writer, Dan Weber, from the press. How are you today, Dan? Hey, very good, Ryan. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, reading your story today, obviously the big news of the day came out of uh, practice. A little before practice, they announced Mark Sanchez, the starting quarterback. What did you think of the whole uh, quarterback race throughout spring? And did you think that it was pretty much Sanchez's to lose the whole time? You know, I think as we look back at it, I don't think it was going to be won or lost in the spring. And I don't think they even set it up that way, actually. Um, uh, I mean, I think even yesterday uh, when they uh, when they made the decision, they basically, I mean, it was an interesting move because they answered a question that no one was asking, which was, who would start if you played a game Saturday? And, you know, since the next game isn't for four and a half months, I, I'm not sure that that was a question that needed to be answered unless, and the more I think about it, I think it was a chance to try to actually take some of the pressure off Mark because uh, he, he obviously, is in, in, you know, especially in the scrimmages, has not really been, you know, terribly productive and terribly efficient, even though, you know, they, they've said that he has. I mean, not being able to throw the ball into the end zone and you know, get a touchdown pass, no matter kind of how much they've tried and all that. But I think that, they basically decided, and before I heard that he had been named right before practice, I'm watching him, war uh, him warm up. And in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that's the best he's thrown all spring. And he looks more fluid, and he looks, you know, relaxed. And then you find out, oh, they had told him before practice that he was, was the quarterback. And I think that was the essential point of, of what they were doing, is trying to say, what if we, you know, Coach Sarkeesian, you know, mentioned that he thought some of the issues of not being able to be very, you know, efficient in the red zone and that were Mark's trying to win the job on the next pass or, you know, he feels this kind of pressure. So I think it was more to allow Mark to feel comfortable and see what that produces in him uh, without the burden of worrying that, you know, Mitch Mustaine is, is right behind him or, you know, 
close to him anyway. That, that's kind of my take. It's more like a psychological, you know, look at it than it, than it was an evaluation of, you know, particular, you know, statistically or who who are they throwing the ball against or all of that kind of thing. I think it was a chance to give Mark a chance and, and see where this where this takes us. Yeah, it looked like he was pressing a little bit at times, and and not just him yesterday, but it seemed like that announcement, the entire team kind of took everything up a notch. Uh, we were talking to Coach Harvey Hyde in the last segment, and he was talking about in the, the Saturday scrimmage in full pads, it just wasn't the same kind of intensity that he was used to seeing, but they turned that up on Tuesday. Everyone was hitting. Everyone was going after each other. It was getting chippy between the offense and the defense. I don't know. Maybe every, all the players kind of rallied around, hey, we have a, a definite leader now. Uh, I would probably I would go with Pete's take on that. Which, uh, he basically Pete said he had nothing to do with that. There's no connection. Mark said he said I don't think anybody knows uh, uh, or anybody knew. You know that that there had been a, you know the announcement or the change or whatever. Um, uh, so uh, I thought basically Saturday there were an awful lot of guys not there, and I think that that's a factor. And uh, I think. I think essentially what what happened Tuesday was um, you've got a lot of really you know uh, physically tough uh, aggressive guys at running back and at uh, linebacker especially and maybe third defensive end in there and so what you have is basically those guys really go after one another and I think Pete said um, you know it's usually Alan Branson <clears throat> with uh, either a, vo- a word or, or a hit. And he leveled, and I, I, trying to remember, he leveled somebody on a blitz on the first play from scrimmage, and that gets him going because the linebackers don't like to see, and the defensive ends don't like to see, you know, the running backs get the better of them in any way. And now you're seeing more uh, Rays playing more of the time. Um, uh, you know, Brian is pushing his playing more of the time, and Jordan Campbell. I mean, honestly, he is just just lighting people up. And he was, you know, he's gone back and forth between running back and linebacker. But it, I, I think that's more of what's happening out there, that this, these guys have just a natural aggressiveness. Uh, they're more, it's more of a younger group. Uh, the, the seniors who left last year, I think the tone was more set by, um, by the offensive line. We had a lot of seniors and, uh, and say, uh, by John David, guys like that. I think this year the tone is being set by all the guys that play the really aggressive positions or play those positions aggressively the way the running backs are, are playing them this year. So I think it's, a, it's kind of a natural, you know, competition thing between those guys more than anything else, uh, to be honest with you. Although I will say this, Mark is more of a, you know, a people guy in terms of, you know, rallying the troops and patting guys on the, you know, the rear end and running down the field and high-fiving as opposed to Mitch, who's more, you know, the cool kind of, uh, you know, contained, uh, you know, guy. And, of course, having only been there a year, probably doesn't have, you know, those kinds of, you know, relationships. And, and it doesn't seem to be the way he operates anyway. But uh, but, but I think it was more just, you know, if Allen gets them going, either with a word or with a hit, and then it's off. And I, I don't think it has anything to do in, in terms of anything else. I mean, I, I know I was talking to uh, Stuart Mandel from Sports Illustrated, and he said that, you know, he maybe has been to five or six or seven USC practices, and he said he'd never seen one like that. And he said that that was a, at a level of, you know, aggressiveness and competition that he hadn't, he hadn't ever seen. Yeah, and Craig and James, I, too. Was, Craig James was there, and I think he said the same thing, especially with uh, a team only in half pads. And the way they were going after each other, he just couldn't even believe it. They were they're not just hitting for they were finishing hits and decleating people and sending people to the ground. And, uh, I try to tell that to people. I know I came in here having not seen, uh, you know, one of Pete's teams practice, and, and I was stunned. I mean, I had seen a lot of teams practice and had never seen them able to play uh, at the level of uh, physicality and uh, finishing hits and doing them properly. I mean, you've seen teams that have tried to be fairly physical and, and have pads, and very often they get into bad habits, they take bad angles, they don't um, have their pads, pad levels correct or their helmets or whatever. And, I, I mean, you can tell this to people and they really don't understand. I don't think the USC fans, because that's kind of the norm, you know, uh, that they've been used to the last five or six years. 
it doesn't happen like that anywhere else. I mean, it really doesn't. And, and Tuesdays was special. But uh, but it, it's probably good for guys like Craig James, you know, who's obviously really been around, uh, you know, a lot of college football. And uh, to see that, that there probably is something different that, pro- you know, that has carried this, you know, USC program through some ups and downs and whatever, that, that normally they tend to really be there. Uh, and you watch that practice and you know why. I mean, that's the, uh, that's the edge they've got because I, I don't think anybody else not only don't do it, they don't know exactly how to do it. I'm still not sure if, uh, you know, in the times I've talked to Pete about it, I'm not even sure if they know exactly how they are teaching it differently so that they can do it. And, and you really don't see guys get hurt in this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, they get guys hurt, but, uh, and, and, and yet uh, you don't see it happen in this half-paired stuff, but, uh, but there is something going on that, that you're not going to see if you go to somebody else's practice. Yeah, and if you're out in the Inland Empire, you can always read Dan Weber and his USC pieces at uh, the Press Enterprise. And if you are not, you can always check them out at pe.com slash sports. Uh, Dan, you were someone that really thought that Mitch Mustaine was performing pretty well in the spring, and a lot of people did. I mean, that first scrimmage that they had, he ended up throwing three touchdowns, a beautiful one, 50 yards in the air to uh, Ronald Johnson and another 20 or 30 yarder or so that was really nice, really well-thrown ball. Uh, he seemed to perform well in the red zone. He has, he is mobile. He showed that he can use his feet. What do you think he needs to do over the summer and the fall to really have a shot, if if he does have a shot, at, at overtaking Mark Sanchez? Well, you know, I, I think the thing, and I, I go back to the Matt Liner uh, when they selected Matt, and, and we all, you know, watched the uh, competition, and, and I guess, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, Matt Castle and Brandon Hansen, you know, really, you, we watched every day, and you know, we were like flipping coins, you know. But we weren't in the meetings, and we didn't know what was going on in, in those meetings, and we really didn't know what, what that back and forth was, and, and we're probably not ever going to know, uh, you know, what that, you know, on what level that's, that's occurring. Uh, you know, I, I just think he, he needs to be, um, be who he is and not, you know, I mean, I, I was – fairly encouraged by listening to him, um, his response was basically, you know, it's not over for me. I'm going to, you know, I'm competing until they walk on the field at Virginia Tech, or Virginia, excuse me, uh, and um, which I think is the, is the C once. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think he's got four weeks in the spring, or in the fall, as, as Sark did say, he said, and we've got him 24-7 for those four weeks in August, basically. You got him every day of the week, all 24 hours a day. And he'll have significantly more time in the fall than he did in basically at 11 practices uh, in the spring. So I think, and I don't know that it's necessarily a negative for him. I mean, I think, for example, I think they're doing some things to try to help Mark. And I think it tells me in some ways they think Mitch can handle this. Uh, You know, this will not deter Mitch, and this will not, you know, throw him for, you know, a real loop and all that kind of thing. Uh, so, it's, it, you know, I mean, if you get this close, in some ways, statistically, you can say, well, who was, you know, who was on defense and what have you. I don't think they ever set it up in a way that they could have straight through competition, because, for example, in the second scrimmage, they were saying things like, uh, you know, basically Mitch and Aaron are going to get all the, all the reps, and Mark probably won't get as many. And then, you know, they don't get a touchdown on the first series, so, you know, Mark gets another shot and takes him down, throws an interception at the goal line. And in a way, they basically, you know, took some reps away probably from, from the other two guys. And I know uh, at the end of that scrimmage, even Pete said this yesterday, that they were, you know, basically going with the plays those guys wanted to run, and that's one of the reasons Corp got seven for eight and, you know, felt very comfortable but on the one interception Mitch threw, he said, you know what happened? He said, it's a play I'd never run before and didn't know, and I, I, I screwed up. I shouldn't have, you know, I should have fig- you know, figured something out, you know, better in terms of a play that I don't know and don't know the read exactly and what have you, which tells me they, they threw a play in there on Mitch that, that he wasn't ready to run, even though that wasn't supposed to be the way they were going to do the day. Yeah, that wasn't the plan. They, they were trying to get him to, to run things they were comfortable with, yeah. 
and they made the scrimmage a lot more, a lot closer. He doesn't throw that interception. You know, he's got a, another touchdown pass, and the, the competition gets – so it looked to me like they probably didn't want it to come down to a, like a real competition this spring. It looked like this was the result they felt they needed to get, especially with Mark looking like he was pressing a little bit. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting that much in – into it. I mean, when they come out basically and say, we asked ourselves who would start Saturday if we had a game Saturday, you know, and you just say, but you don't have a game for four and a half months. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, and that's the, once you get past that, you say, okay, it, it has to be something else. And I think this was a chance to say, come on, Mark, let's see what you can do. You're the guy that I see now. You are the guy. Because, I mean, I think if you look back to last year, even though he won two out of three, it didn't look like they completely trusted Mark in terms of what offense they allowed him to run. Uh, as they said, you know, they really cut it way back for the Oregon game and things like that. So I think they, they're giving him his shot. You know, you're the guy, you know, show us what you can do. Yeah, that's interesting. And, uh, it, I mean, it's going to be interesting this fall. I mean, obviously Mark is going to be the, the front runner. He's going to get all the reps. And I, I really think it would take – some ridiculous thing to happen for to Mitch to jump ahead of him, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, I didn't know what was going on, like you said, with the the Matt Leinart stuff. I think, I think what what one of the factors in the spring was they gave Aaron Corp far more reps than anybody thought he would get, and far more quality reps than I think they've ever given a third team guy. Most of which then took away from Mitch. Uh, again, you know, I think. This is how they wanted it to go at this point, because I think they want to. I mean, I think it's 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 a fair way to go. You're you're being loyal to the guy who's put in three full years. You're being loyal to the guy that's worked the hard, you know, and been to the most practices and the meetings and all that kind of stuff. And you want to give him every chance. And so I think that's a message. Uh, what they I think they have to do, and this Carol Carol I thought said this pretty well that he's got to you know really handle this well. Because you can go too far in terms of loyalty and comfort level and not far enough in terms of competition. And I think that's been, the, you know, I, I think in the early years before they had done anything, uh, competition was clearly the, the marker. Uh, I think once you had, you know, a couple of national championships behind you and you had players coming out of that, it was hard to go against players that had been on those kinds of national championship teams and what have you, uh, and strictly go with day-to-day competition. So now I think they're back in a position where they've got to figure out how do we blend the loyalty, the hard work, the you know confidence level and all that with truly competition. And who's who's the better guy? And who does more things better? Who does, you know, and, and I... And, I mean, Sark is, you know, saying Mark is our guy, but it's really not all about the quarterback. It's about you know, efficiency and intangibles and stuff like that. So uh, I'll be interested in seeing how they handle this, uh, you know, because, and I know Pete said, he has absolutely nothing to do with the early schedule next year. But the fact that you may be playing the national championship game the second, second weekend in September puts a different priority on making the right decision. You don't want to be reevaluating your quarterback the third week of September after something has happened. <clears throat> I mean, I think you need to get it right yeah. for the Ohio State game. Uh, and, and again, that probably shouldn't be in their minds, but it needs to be out there that, that that it's really pretty important this year to have it right and not to be, you know, making uh, saying, oh, maybe maybe we needed to do this or maybe we did, you know. It, it, Again, you know, there's a high priority to to getting it right. You know, well, but there was in the second half of the Stanford game too. And uh, you know, there at the level USC is playing at, every everything matters. Yeah. And and you got Ohio State September 13th. It really matters because they've got a veteran ball club. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, they think. You know, they got an advantage. A lot of their their folks think if they've got their whole team together that they've got an advantage over a younger uh, USC team at a number of especially offensive positions. So, 
Now, were you surprised at all, Dan, when uh, Coach Sarkeesian said yesterday after practice that it was because Mark was, you know, he was more efficient. He ran the more the offense more efficiently. You don't think they're looking for like a guy that makes plays. I mean, that's when I saw Mitch, that's kind of what it seemed like. He was out there making plays, making touchdown throws. Are you surprised that he was going for the efficiency side as opposed to like the playmaker? Yeah, that's completely that that's exactly how they made that decision. I'm not sure that that was exactly how that made Because, for example, if you were going to measure that, you would have to also allow Mitch to run first team as much as, as you and he you know, didn't do much of that at all. Uh, so it would be hard to Mitch's efficiency running the first team with Mark's, against Mark's efficiency running the first team when they basically, you know, very seldom, you know, did that. So, uh, and to me, if you say it's about efficiency and then you say, well, what does Mark have to do? And you say, well, he has to really improve his efficiency in the red zone. What would say to me is if you're not efficient in the red zone, it would be probably difficult to be the more efficient quarterback, I would guess. I don't know, because they pay off on scoring. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> Get the ball in the end zone. So so I, I think if we parse their words, we'd probably come up with some, you know, sort of contradicting things in terms of uh, my feeling was they wanted to give Mark the shot and and see if that relaxes him and, you know, gets him, you know, maybe over the hump a little bit here. Uh, after three years and, you know, uh, uh, and just say it's your – and it wouldn't be the worst thing if they go through, you know, summer workouts with, with Mark as the guy. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the thing he does well, you know, the you know, leading and organi- organizing and, you know, uh, I mean, you watch Mark and you just keep thinking, you know, there's the guy that probably has a future in politics. I mean, it's just, <laughs> It's people, you know, going and shake hands and, you know, answer. And I know somebody yesterday said, wow, it'd be better for you guys if, if Mark's the guy. He's, he's a, much more of a talker, you know, whereas I don't, I don't necessarily agree. To, I, like, I kind of am interested in the way Mitch, you know, he doesn't need as many words, but he's a, he's a very analytical sort of a guy, and he's very dry and, you know, very cool, calm kind of customer. And then they're as different as you could have in terms of personality types. Uh, you know, to play that position. And, you know, so, uh, you know, if Mark goes through, I mean, he's, you know, been there three years. I was listening to John David Booty the other night on ESPN when they were, <laughs> which was kind of funny because they had a theme where they were doing college game day through spring football. And, you know, they had Chris Fowler and Mark May there, and the whole theme was quarterback competitions at all these schools. And so they bring John David, they flew him up to Bristol and brought him out, and and they're asking him about it. And then John said, I don't know about, you know, I Basically, he said, it's going to be Mark. He said, I talked to the coaches. It's Mark's, you know, and they were doing online polling about which is the quarterback. So, you know, competitions was more interesting, Michigan or Florida State or USC or Clemson or whoever. And I think Chris Fowler finally came back and said, well, I guess maybe we should we remove USC from the uh, quarterback competition, <laughs> the way Booty had kind of described it. He said he waited three years, Mark waited three years, I waited three years. That's kind of how – how the way it goes, but um, I don't think Mark's position is the same as John David's position was after three years. Uh, and uh, it's interesting if you talk to uh, Coach Sarkeesian, you talk to Coach Carroll, they never do not say, Mitch really makes plays. You know, Mitch is really a playmaker. And all through his early years at USC, if you ask Pete what he was looking for, he, was, he would say, Guys who make plays are the guys we're looking for. So it's kind of, I mean, I just think it's an interesting situation right now, an interesting scenario as to how this is going to go. I think they also were using this to maybe de-emphasize um, the end of spring. I think they feel like they've gotten a lot out of spring. I think they really, I mean, you know, when you look at the running backs and the linebackers and the secondary, and, you know, it even looks like they may have a long snapper or two that, that at least have improved by leaps and bounds over what it looked like at the start. And both of their kickers are kicking really well. And, uh, and the receivers are catching the ball so much more, you know, surely and all that kind of thing that, uh, you know, and they knew it was going to be, you know, a work in progress with the offensive line. But I think they feel like they've gotten pretty much 
out of this spring ball that more so than than I can remember, maybe ever that I can remember here. Yeah, and, I mean, I, it was it started about all about you know the quarterbacks, but definitely it emerged. There's a lot of other battles that kind of emerged, and you saw people improve. And it's been an interesting I mean, spring so well, far. Only only a couple yeah, left. But, but mathematically. You know, this is going to prove that math isn't, or statistics aren't always what they seem because basically six is greater than ten. If you look at last year's running backs, ten, ten, ten guys, and they're going to get <laughs> to me far more out of the six yeah. than they get a chance to get out of those ten. And, and that's just at one position. But you watch, uh, you know, Malcolm Smith, you know, got the hamstring, so he hasn't been able to finish out spring ball, so they throw Jordan Campbell in there. And, I mean, he's just blowing people up. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, almost unblockable. I mean, I was reading on one of the Ohio State boards that they must have picked up probably on your, your photos from one of the practices, you know, one of the scrimmages, and there was a discussion of, who's that number 37? Man, he looks, you know, there was a discussion about who number 37 was, you know, a, an outside backup linebacker for USC. And, uh, uh, you know, that kind of stuff has happened a lot, I think, this spring, that they, they're probably really happy, and they're not going to emphasize, like, the, the Trojan huddle is going to be the end of the world, you know, scenario for almost anything, you know, now. They're just happy with what, you know, what they've done so far and how they've set up summer uh, for next year and that, uh, you know, don't make a big deal out of, you know, the, the quarterback competition and all that because we've gotten so much more out of all the other competition. And I think Carroll has been really happy, and I know these guys have been under some, you know, fire. Some, you know, like the uh, it's a fairly young coaching staff, or not a big name coaching staff, or whatever. But I think he's really been happy, and I know he says this in ways in which you're always got to think, oh, what's he trying to say? But I think he's been really happy with the kind of uh, dynamics between the uh, coaching staff and the players this year. It looks like you know it's the first time they've had a holdover group where nobody's changed over the uh, you know over the winter and. Uh, and it just looks like they just seem to be on the same wavelength. These, uh, you know, the coaches and the players, uh, in a way they, that I haven't seen in the last few years. Uh, so I think that's a plus as well. That the coaches seem to be able to get done. I mean, I know they tried last year, tried to do things, and it just was hard. You know, it was hard to get. It was a senior class that that a really bunch good bunch of guys, but they were they were kind of quieter and in their own world a little bit. Uh, whereas this group is much more in one another's faces, and you know, just they're just out there, uh, and uh, and it seems to work with this group of coaches uh, in a way that maybe it didn't work last year as well. Yeah, look, look, the chemistry is uh, is pretty good between them, and uh, unfortunately, Dan, we're out of time for the segment, but we really okay. enjoyed your your insights. If you want to check them out, you know, the Press Enterprise and the Inland Empire, you can go to pe.com slash sports and read all of his stuff. He's got great information on USC. Dan Weber, thanks again for joining us. I enjoyed it very much, Ryan. Thank you for asking me. All right. And coming up in our final segment of episode number 10 of the podcast, we will hear from Erica Barden and she'll have her USC football version of the campus crawl. And we'll see what's going around on the practice field. Stay tuned. The Peristyle Podcast will be back after this short break. Trojan fans, to get into the huddle of your Southern Cal Trojans, log on to uscfootball.com today for all the latest in Trojan football, basketball, and recruiting news. Ryan Abraham will give you an in-depth analysis, recruiting updates, and will answer your questions every day on the message board. So for all the latest in team and recruiting news on your USC Trojans, check out uscfootball.com, the officially licensed Southern Cal site of the Rivals.com network. We now return to the Parastyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojans. This is Erica Barden bringing you your football fun for the Campus Crawl segment of the Parastyle Podcast. Well, everyone's been talking about it. It's the big news around Howard Jones. The media has been hungry all spring to get to the bottom of this mystery. Where has that taco truck that parks outside the practice field been all spring? Well, it finally made an appearance on Saturday. We can all sleep a little easier. Now, on a side note, a story that has just been buried. Mark Sanchez gets the nod to be the starting QB. Of course, while this is no different than what the coaches essentially said at the beginning of the spring, this was news for Mark. No idea. Um, 
but it's reassuring. You know, it feels good. And um, I, like you said, I, I had no clue. So. Apparently, Mark doesn't read anything published or watch anything that's aired about USC spring ball. Coach Sark gives this account of Mark's reaction. I think he was accepting, um, but I, I, you know, I don't, you know, he wasn't jumping up and down and hooting and hollering. I know he, he understands he's got a lot of work to do. While there was no rooting or hollering, there have been reports that he convinced the entire O-line to fashion some sort of pyramid while holding a sign that said, We believe in you, Mark. Of course, Christopher O'Dowd was at the base of the pyramid, and they recruited Trevon Patterson for the top. He, of course, held the flag that celebrated all that is Mark Sanchez. But we can't get carried away with the importance of this decision. We have to remember that Mark is just one part of the offense leading the Trojans to victory. With four practices to go, if we're heading into a game on Saturday, to make, to make Mark the number one guy, you know, he, we feel like he gives us the best chance to go out and win. But don't you worry. Coach Sark remembers there's no I in team. The, the goal in all this is, is how are we as an offense? It's not just about the quarterback. It's the 11 guys when they're out there together, how efficient are we? And right now we're, we're the most efficient team with him in there. Thankfully, this decision was not based on Mark's performance in last Saturday's scrimmage. Well, the scrimmage, Mark played played okay. I've mm-hmm. seen him play better. But the four practices leading up to that, I thought he was extremely efficient. I thought we were efficient as a group. Coach Carroll wanted to stress that this was the decision USC was making as of right now, and that backups Mitch Mustaine and Aaron Corp are always competing. And we'll see what happens as we go along down the road. Once they get back out and come back again, you know, from this experience, when they come back to fall camp, they'll uh, they'll make a big leap. And so we'll look at everything all over again and... and and uh, this, this, it's no different than any other position, but then the quarterback position obviously is, is one of such great focus and all. It, it's, uh, um, and I know everybody on the outside has been wondering what's going to happen here. Um, this is really the decision for right now. Hopefully all this media attention on the QBs has given Joe McKnight some time off from fielding 2 a.m. phone calls from Scott Wolf to get through the rest of his classes. Meanwhile, actually on the field of Howard Jones on Tuesday, the Trojans continued a theme that I think Kevin Ellison started in week two when he took out Trevon Patterson. That would be battling to the death. In the last competition Tuesday of spring, on one play, Stephon Johnson had the ball, and Jordan Campbell went after him with his helmet, looking something like Mel Gibson in Braveheart right before slicing some guy's jugular. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. And Ray Maluga just casually served as a brick wall to the other Johnson, Rojo who mistakenly tried to run up the middle. Shameful. For whatever the reason, this was obviously a very spirited practice. I thought it was uh, maybe our best practice this spring on both sides of the football. Guys were competing, guys were making plays on both sides, um, and it's great for the quarterback. The Trojans' number one QB also liked what he saw and was surprised it didn't have to do with his new title. Coach Carroll didn't announce it before practice, so I don't know what all the the fuss was about at practice. It was pretty wild today, though. It was good. Uh, guys tripping at each other and big-time hits, and we're right on the brink of, of getting after each other, so that's good. Mark, it can't be all about you all the time. Just ask Brett Favre. Well, that wraps up your football segment of the Campus Crawl and wraps up Spring Ball Podcasts. This is Erica Barden. We'll hope to see you all out there for the Trojan Huddle Saturday. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can now download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player. Just search for Peristyle Podcast the next time you log into iTunes.